and it's been really heart touching to facilitate many, many, many circles and see how brave women are and how resilient we have been to endure the things that we have and how magical it is when uh, the feminine can come together in collaboration. That's powerful. Welcome to the Performance Rx podcast, where the conversations are about health, nutrition, and mindset for anyone who considers themselves an athlete. From the most elite competitors to those who are simply seeking to improve their athletic performance, we hope the knowledge shared on this show will empower you to reach your physical potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now for today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Bridget Maroney, and today my guest is the wonderful Nina Bourne. Nina is a practitioner of the spiritual and healing arts. She's a teacher of esoteric practices, a ceremonialist, and a facilitator of the womb circle, a sacred circle of self-cultivation. She offers Reiki, sound healing, meditation, embodied movement, and theta healing. Her mission is to be of divine service for humanity, uplift the Maya or illusion, and restore the truth of our wholeness and holiness as cosmic beings. Today, Nina and I have a conversation around theta healing and how we can use it to heal ourselves and recover to perform better and reach our highest potential on a physical level. We also get into a conversation around her sacred womb circle and things that women can do as they navigate things in life like pregnancy and postpartum and be able to, again, recover and perform at their physical, mental, and even spiritual best. I hope you enjoy the show. How's it going today, Nina? Hello, great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on your beautiful uh, podcast. Oh, thank you. That's uh, <laughs> that's so complimentary. Um, yeah, no uh, gratitude. You know, reflected back to you. Thank you so much. It's 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 quite a quite an honor to have you, and I'm uh, I'm super excited to uh, to dive into um, what we're going to discuss today. Um, so I guess with that said, before we get started, uh, I did a little bit of a, an, an intro, uh, in the beginning of this podcast or beginning of the episode with your background and, and bio, but, um, is there anything else that you want to share or tell our listeners, um, about yourself and your background? Um, sure. We'll just do a little recap. So I'm an energy healer. I work with different kinds of tools like singing bowls, um, different kinds of instruments, and I really get lit up by leading sacred circles. So uh, we have full moon circles, new moon circles, womb circles, and the idea is to harmonize with our spirit and with the earth and with each other because there's a huge um, potency in collaboration. And so this is one reason I'm so excited to just dive in and see where our conversation leads us. Um, and yeah, I guess my mission is just to really um, walk ourselves back home to our heart, to our soul, back into harmony with the earth and with our mind, body, emotions, and our spirit. So here to be of service for you guys. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Um, let's just dive in. So, um, I've been thinking about this, uh, earlier today and, 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 and in the days leading up to our, our conversation here. And I had this, com uh, this conversation with, with another coach and she's actually founded a clinic in the UK. Um, kind of based more on, I guess, holistic health, et cetera. And when people think about health, well-being, any sort of, you know, any, anything along those lines, they always think about the first thing that comes to mind, in my opinion, I think is, is the physical, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think in recent years, at least from, from my experience or perspective, now people are getting into the mental, emotional, um, and even social. So there's, there's something called like the biopsychosocial model. Um, but she was bringing this up. And again, I don't know if it's, if it's a culture thing, um, you know, what we talk about here in, in the United States versus in other countries, or if it's just her, uh, you know, the, the groups and networks that she's, um, uh, involved in, but 
she brought up that it's it's not just the biopsychosocial, it's the biopsychosocial spiritual. And she did make the comment, and this is in, in reference to just talk, uh, living well, you know, living as well as we can um, and as optimally as we can. Um, but the spiritual, uh, she mentioned, often only gets brought up in as far as like end of life care. Um, but... Every, everyone's on board with the spiritual um, when it's end of life or even or even just just illness, right? Like, you know, God forbid someone gets diagnosed with something like cancer, right? And then all of a sudden there's there's all this talk about you know prayer circles or or whatever whatever um, I guess a person's uh, spiritual practices or beliefs may be. Everyone's on board with that, um, but what about our everyday life? Kind of going back to what you were saying, like, why can't, like all of a sudden it becomes like, oh, you're, it's, it's woo woo or, um, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, no one, no one pays. I guess what I'm trying to say is no one gives it as much thought or consideration in their everyday life in, a, you know, as a means to, to live well and, you know, um, live as, as I mentioned, as optimally as possible. Um, and so I guess I'm just curious, like, you know, your thought, cause that kind of does tie into what you're doing to like what your, you know, your services are and, and your mission. If I, if I'm, if I understand correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree. Um, I think that our society in the United States has a huge spiritual deficiency, um, and I might even go as far to say that our society is a bit godless, right? And so there's tons of religion, but there's so many confines in religion. So many people actually have trauma um, from the church or from their religious practices, right? And so when we can open ourselves up to our true spiritual nature, we're coming back to our innocence. We're coming back to our pure self. Because um, for me, at least, in my experience in this body during this lifetime, it seems really silly to just think that I was born somehow out of like nothing, right? Mom and dad, I guess. <laughs> and then I just die and that's it. It's That's really hard for me to just believe mm. ever yeah. since I was a kid. And so I'm under the belief that every single one of us has a soul and a spirit and the spirit is a little aspect of the creator of all that is god goddess mother father god whatever you want to call allah you know whatever you want to call the highest power of love essentially and so when we are able to start coming back to that thought that maybe it's not just about me maybe there's more than me in this body then we can be of more service to humanity then we start being um, caretakers for Mother Earth and not just trashing her, you know. And uh, who knows if we're gonna have a, <laughs> a a livable Earth in the kind of near future for generations to come, right? So, um, I am totally on board with that and integrating the spiritual aspect and even a spiritual discipline day to day. I think is something that can be really potent for living your best life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess just to kind of ask point blank, like what would be like, I, I guess the definition of a, of a spiritual discipline or, or what could that look like for, I know, I, I, again, like acknowledging that spirituality and, and spiritual beliefs um, are going to be very different across countries and cultures and even individuals. Right. But I guess I don't know if you can answer that question because <laughs> it's such a like broad question, but I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. So for listeners in the United States, uh, we can maybe apply the same concept to starting a new workout or a new nutritional routine. Right. So you don't want to just go in and go from being a, a carnivore to complete vegan, if that's what you want to do, or you don't want to go from lifting zero weights to running 20 miles a day and lifting 200 pounds for your deadlift. <laughs> so little by little, step by step. And so 
a spiritual discipline could just be waking up in the morning and before you even set your feet on the ground, saying a little prayer to the higher powers. Like, thank you for this day. Thank you for my life. Please, you know, open up the way for my highest and best expression of today. Or stating an intention like today, I hope that I have a really amazing and fluid conversation with Bridget <laughs> and that we can reach listeners that are really receptive to what we're going to hear and hopefully inspire and open some hearts and make a difference in the world. So that's an easy, easy, you know, spiritual discipline that you can start right away. Um, you can see this in other cultures. It can look like going to mass. It can look like doing your mantra. It can look like being of servitude throughout the week. Um, really, this is the beautiful part about spiritual integration is that no one can tell you what to do besides yourself. Only you and me know what's best for you and me. And it can be so diverse and so beautifully diverse um, that it, it really takes ourselves you coming back home to ourselves and thinking and feeling for ourselves yeah no i i love that and and i i agree with what you're saying i think it's it's spot on um kind of going back to what you said about at least um you know the country that you and i are in united states where there's a lot of religion in this country but as far as you know um god or or, or just spirit you know spiritual spirituality there's there's not as it seems to be lacking or deficient to use your words. Um, but using my own, uh, experience here, um, I love that you bring up that it, that it, it is very individual and because just like anything in life, I mean, going back to like what I mentioned, the bio psychosocial spiritual model there, like, you know, bio, well, you know, what, like just taking something like nutrition, that's, that's highly individualized, you know, psych psychology, emotion, you know, all of that is highly individualized. And I think people, um, from different fields can offer some guidance and best practices, I guess, if you will. But at the end of the day, it's up to, up to us as individuals to decide, as you said, what's best for us. And, and in my opinion, I think that's where, you know, that's where religion, let's say, <laughs> that's where religion um, fails us. I'll just say it. <laughs> uh, because, you know, there is like, if you look at just religions in general, um, there's there's a set of rules and things and, and some things work and some things don't. Um, but but just going back to the 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 discipline part of it and the way that someone can ease into it. I, I love that idea of just experimenting and, and experiencing things. And, um, you know, what you mentioned, like brings to mind, you know, just like you say, like gratitude, intention settings and things. And again, and, and maybe this is just my opinion, but I feel like going back to what I said in the beginning of the, the episode here, people don't acknowledge that is the spiritual or existential side, whatever label you want to put on it. It's, they they kind of put more of a psychological or emotional label on it. Again, it's like that uh, reluctance to to say like, hey, this is part of our our experience, our you know spiritual or existential experience. There, um, yeah, that's just my thought. <laughs> yeah, and adding on to that, it's it's like there are no coincidences. Right. And so that is a spiritual aspect, as simple as that. Like there are no coincidences. There are probably synchronicities. And when you start really paying attention, you see the signs and you see the little affirmations of like, yes, keep going. Or like, no, don't mm -hmm. engage with this person anymore. They're not really healthy for you at this chapter of your life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love that it's it's really everywhere and we just got to open ourselves up to it. Yeah, I um, I love I love that you bring up synchronicity. Have you ever read the book um, Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani? I haven't. I That was in my radar. So now I'm going to go get it after this. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> it's a synchronicity. Oh, <laughs> of the day. I love it. <laughs> um, but, but well, so, so definitely go read that book. It's, it's a really, it's, um, 
it's a good book. It's uh, I don't know if you're if you know much about like kind of the premise or her background there. Um, I guess for you and and for anyone who's who's listening who may be unfamiliar. So this is um, a woman's um, memoir based on her life, and basically she had a a near death experience um, after after um, being diagnosed and I guess you could say succumbing to uh, cancer. She had lymphoma and, and it's actually, this fits in perfectly. So this could be a great segue, but she tried all these different modalities of healing. Um, and so anyway, I don't want to give any, I don't want to give too much away, but she did have this near death experience and she came out of it, um, with just a new perspective on life and, who we are in, in, in the universe and in life and, and everything else like that. Um, but using synchronicity, that was one of the things that she brought up is she's like, I now enjoy and appreciate the synchronicities of life. Like she, she has that perspective now of exactly what you just said. Like, um, you know, there are no coincidences. So I, I guess with that said, you know, like I mentioned, great segue into healing. Um, and we'll, maybe we can use her as an example or just in general. So she, she didn't go through the, uh, conventional chemotherapy, Western medicine. She tried all these other types of healing. Um, and again, I don't want to give the book away, but she, I guess one of the things she discovered is that that spiritual healing basically. Um, and so I would like to just, I guess, kind of hear a little bit from you about your experiences. Cause you do things like theta healing, sound baths, um, Reiki and, 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 you know, a lot of other types of, um, healing modalities that do kind of have that, that spiritual element or energetic element there. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess regarding um, sickness, uh, sickness is, um, and this will segue into like what I do. So sickness is also dis-ease, disease, right? And when you break that down, it's dis-ease within the body or a lack of harmony in the body. And so if we think about our body, our temple, our instrument for the divine, um, we need to tune it up just like you see a guitar player tuning the strings on their guitar. Um, we need to do that for our body. And so if we are acting like a machine, just mm. going, 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 never taking time to rest and go through the seasons of our life, then we're inevitably going to get burnt out and hopefully not. But, you know, we see disease, disease or disease happen at that point. Mm. And so one of the ways that is the most easy that I'm just obsessed with and I love, and it's so easy, um, is sound healing. And so all we have to do is lay down, try to relax our mind, open our heart and just receive. And that can be the hardest thing to do, right? Um, in a society of like giving and producing, like when do we truly allow ourselves to receive? So this is a great practice of receiving and active relaxation and active rest. Mm. Um, sound healing uses different kinds of frequencies that can create harmonic resonance within our body. So we already have some of these different frequencies within our body, whether it's an organ or an energetic system like a nadi or a channel within our body, or even the vibratory frequencies within our chakras which are energetic centers in our body. Um, and these instruments that we can activate can kind of activate those frequencies within our body. And so it's blending science and spirituality and it can get kind of heady. And so that's why I tell people like, let's just breathe and relax. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, I, yeah. Like talking about just like the science and everything. And, and I think just like, what it takes to execute, I guess, as a human, like, yeah, like for, for anyone out there who is trying to like explore some of these things. Um, yeah. Like just, just experience it. Like, don't worry about the science or something like, like I, I think about like my own, um, education or certifications in nutrition, right? Like 
my, <laughs> one of the things that I had to study was just like the entire body from like the cellular level all the way up to our organ systems. And it's, but the, the message that keep, that kept getting repeated, was like, you know, your, your client's not going to really care about the Krebs cycle or mitochondria or even like that. But it's good for, it's good for us to know as, as uh, I guess, coaches or, or service providers, but it's just like for the client or anyone who is, who is seeking to experience these things or find healing or whatever, live, live their best life, live optimally. Like, don't worry about the science, just, just, you know, go through it, experience, like breathe and relax, as you said, so, so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And the experience is the real juice of it, right? Because then you you can see if it's for you and also it's different every single time or through different chapters of life, right? So, um, I have experienced sound bowls, um, in general. And then of course I've experienced Nina's wonderful sound bowls experience or sound bath experience. I should say not the bowls, the bowls are the instruments, the, the bath is the experience there. Um, and, uh, I told it, I'll use myself as, as, you know, my own experience as the example here, you, you mentioned, um, the hardest part is receiving, um, Totally agree because <laughs> that was that was the one thing um, that I struggled or I do kind of struggle with and and I'm getting better at it but it's I can I can you know with the guidance of yourself or whoever's leading the uh, the meditation or the, the sound bath like you know breathe meditate oh. get into a, a centered state there um, but it's it's difficult for i think our human minds especially coming from a western culture there where it's like okay i'm supposed to be doing something i'm supposed to be supposed to be getting something out of this right <laughs> like what am i producing <laughs> yeah what am i producing like what's 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 the outcome um and that's another thing too just like i guess maybe a, a small side note there is just like anything in life whether it is like exercise health work there it's like we get so focused on the outcome that, which, which may or may not even happen. Um, you know, like that's something that I think people neglect to acknowledge. Um, and I heard this from like another speaker and coach there is like, you're, uh, you're not entitled to an outcome. Um, it's, and, wow. and yeah. Right. Like, Entitlement is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm someone who, you know, listen, I, I coach people towards goal achievement and things like that. And, and I, and I personally believe like that is a great human experience to have is these aspirations. Like my, my coaching co company is aspire to coaching. I think that's what gives our, our lives meaning, or it can give our lives meaning. And, but again, you're not entitled to that just because you want to achieve something doesn't mean that you you are going to or in the time frame that you're um, that you think you should. Um, and so, yeah, so going back to like outcomes here, like, again, it's kind of like the the old saying, like, enjoy the journey. Yeah. Right. So and also from a spiritual perspective regarding outcomes, maybe our ego thinks that this is the outcome that is the best outcome, but actually like the universe has something way better that you couldn't even imagine from the beginning of your journey that you will get and you'll be able to receive once you go through the whole process. Yeah. The, the ego part, um, that kind of came up. Uh, I thought about that in, in the beginning of our conversation. I think when you were just talking about like, I, I forget what it was exactly, but just kind of this whole idea of how we see ourselves as, you know, it's kind of like me versus, you know, anyone else yeah. there. That's, that is, uh, what the ego is. And I think it helps to know, like within your own self-awareness of what is the voice, even who's the voice inside of your head. Maybe it's your ego. Maybe it's your survival self. Maybe it's your inner child, you know, screaming out for attention or love or acceptance, whatever it is. And so it helps to have that level of self-awareness that is a symptom of, you know, spirituality and um, really be able to define like, okay, is this just like my ego wanting 
revenge to have this outcome <laughs> or is it like actually my higher self stepping in so that I can actually fulfill my my divine purpose on earth this this mm. lifetime yeah ego seeking revenge that's uh that's such a good comment there because I do feel like there's yeah there's certain things that we I don't know do or want to do as just kind of in spite of you know <laughs> certain uh I guess um certain experiences and motivated by it too this is what theta healing i guess kind of strives to to i guess help us overcome or um or move through yeah so theta healing is ultimately getting down to the root of beliefs that we are playing out and so it goes into the subconscious mind and so you can think of our the theory of mind like a computer right so like right now we are talking on this platform on our computers and maybe there's also other programs running in the back taking up space in the computer same thing goes for our mind so um if maybe we don't have a spiritual discipline right this is another reason why i'm trying to convince you not or listeners um, to have a discipline is because we can really have that single point of mind and not have all of these other chitter chatters going on in the background, influencing and taking up space in our mind. And so theta healing goes down to the root of the trauma or the issue or the belief of like, I'm unworthy of love. Well, why are you unworthy of love? When did that first happen? Who was around during that time? And we can change that because it's not an ultimate truth. And so theta healing is using a meditative technique to really clear beliefs and thought programs and traumas that don't align with our highest and best good and can bring us back into a deeper alignment of truth, um, of like the capital T truth. Um, and so it's, it can be really life changing and powerful in many, many different ways talking about though like you say capital t truth and just these stories in our head and and again i've 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 learned this i think both from the the psychological but also the spiritual level but um i think a lot of people as i as i mentioned you know focus on that psychological part there but um i was having this conversation uh on another podcast episode with a, with a coach and it's yeah these these narratives in our head and so the uh, the example that we were we were discussing or dissecting was um, people who do want to get into to fitness or live, living a healthier lifestyle, and <laughs> it's this. Uh, there's the the topic we brought up is like someone's like, okay, I'm going to start working out at at six thirty in the morning, and yet they they struggle with that, um, and so and, and we. Like I said, we talked about like maybe how to you know help someone get into that habit, but ultimately, it's also like what's making you uh, decide that you. The word I use is should, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of shoulds that get put on us or we put on ourselves, um, uh, you know, in life, you know, that that come from society and other things. But it's like, you know. I should be working out at 6.30 in the morning because that's what whatever healthy, motivated, disciplined people do. And um, going back to like that idea of awareness that you brought up, and, and, and I think that's what people don't realize with, with spiritual practices is it, it, it brings about this awareness um, about how we, we interact and in our own thoughts and everything. But like having many people don't have that awareness of like, where did this story even come from? You know, again, like who said that? And even more so, like if I, if, if you, if you don't do this or you don't want it, like it's, it's like a moral failing. Right. So we have these stories in, in our head of like, Oh, I didn't get up at 6:30 this morning. I'm, you know, lazy and and things like that. And, and and again, it's like that that ego part there just kind of beat ourselves up and it's just like no, it's just not what works for me. Like here's something else that works for me, but again, it's that should there. So, yeah, should is a dangerous word. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I heard this, uh, this quote a long time ago, uh, and I liked it. It's uh, don't shoot on yourself. <laughs> mm, nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well talking about, um, shoulds and expectations, especially from, uh, the societal part there. Um, and, and I think you brought it up already, but just like these, this expectation of like always having to produce, always having to do something. Um, and, um, I, I guess I'm specifically thinking about just since you focus on, um, or you lead womb circles and, and kind of the experience of that, like, let's dive a little bit deeper into that because I think that's such an, and you and I have had, have had this conversation before of just, um, you know, women in general. And again, I guess kind of using just, you know, our society, our country here, but there's, there's a lot of expectation, um, and, uh, emphasis on production, there i mean i guess just to kind of state you know very very blank or very directly um you know we live in a country where there's no maternity leave like not not you know on, on the federal level um there's there's people there are women who have the the privilege to and and the accessibility to uh work at companies that provide you know some sort of maternity leave but it's 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 definitely not across the board and and i don't know there's there's so much that we can dissect there but i guess i'll just kind of start with that with like yeah the womb circle and, and this whole idea of you know constant production yeah so womb circle is a woman's circle and so uh, this circle was birthed uh, right in the beginning of COVID because I realized that, you know, we are also animal beings. We're still in an animal body. And so we are not meant to be secluded. We are not meant to be separated from each other. And to really get through this, it, it just kind of came through as a channeling to bring women together. And then I saw that this was more than just pandemic symptoms. This is actually, again, a deficiency in our society of women holding hands and really respecting each other and having a tight sisterhood. Um, and so like culturally here, at least women are, in my experience, at least are normally seen as competition or, or something to an object, right? To uh, talk poorly about or to criticize or not good enough or you should get the boob job or you should get the lips or you should get a spray tan or you should have children or you should get married you know there's so many of those that we can go into that we don't need to because everyone has personal experience um whether you're a wound bearer or not I'm sure you've witnessed that it's it's a support system for creating body sovereignty for recognizing that a lot of us are not alone in the issues or the challenges that have really separated ourselves and isolated ourselves and um you know held as secrets within our wombs or within ourselves like if you've had an abortion you know a lot of people don't talk about that even if you've had a miscarriage there's a lot of shame about not having a good enough body right to have a full pregnancy and there's there's divine lessons in all of these things and that's what this circle is about and specifically you know with roe v wade i feel like this is a really the overturn of it i feel like this is a really um beautiful and potent opportunity for womb bearers to reclaim sovereignty within their own bodies like what does your cycle look like do you do, do people know the four phases of their cycle? Because I certainly was not taught that in grade school, which is enraging, right? And then how do we turn that anger and that rage into something that is actually creative and constructive and can birth a new paradigm, not only for ourselves, but for future generations, rather than taking that rage and burning the masculine or, or burning our inner masculine, right? 
So it, it's kind of, uh, it was just channeled one Sunday afternoon and it's been really heart touching to facilitate many, many, many circles and see how brave women are and how resilient we have been to endure the things that we have and how magical it is when uh, the feminine can come together in collaboration. That's powerful. The maybe the essence of this of this womb circle and just kind of like what we can learn in life in general is like there can be competition, but there can also be support for each other, right? Like I think there's a difference, as you mentioned, um, between competition and criticism. Totally. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so going back to what you mentioned, um, like I it's in my opinion, I think it's it's lose lose for for women. Like totally. There, you, whatever a woman does, in my experience and, and what I've observed, whatever she does is it's going to be criticized. Um, and and even you brought up like uh you know like our inner masculinity like i i'm sure you've heard this this uh this commentary before or whatever but it's like yeah like a woman like okay if you know i might be just repeating things that 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 people are aware of but it's like okay if a woman becomes too feminine well now she's criticized for that um you know from everything from like maybe being you know, too demure, too, too weak, too, too sexual, you know, to all the way to like, if a woman becomes, you know, if she swings over to the masculine side, like, um, I, I talk about this often with my, with my wife, cause she's in, in corporate America and, mm-hmm. and she's in leadership and wow. the challenges that she faces, um, from, you know, trying to advance herself in her career, you know, to pay, to just the commentary and criticism that she receives. It's like, if a man were doing this, like, would, would he be receiving the pushback that she gets or, you know, the, no, absolutely not. Right. Like it's, uh, but it's, this is another thing that I think is important for us to talk about as women is finances, because for so long, even in, maybe just a generation ago with our parents for some cases, right? It was the male's responsibility to provide. And so a lot of us are in this current timeline, breaking those patterns and like reclaiming our currency, our abundance and prosperity, which is our birthright as women. And to be able to have conversation about our finances, like, oh, what are you doing for work? How much do you get paid? What does that look like? What, what is your cost of living? And really opening up this uh, conversation is part of claiming soul sovereignty in my opinion, it's a spiritual practice. Because if we're only like having dreams or like doing womb work, but we're not going down to the root and creating a stable secure foundation for ourselves if we don't have our finances in order then you're not you're not fully integrated spiritually and so as women it's really time to start talking about that like what's your rate why do you charge that how much how did you come up with that are people paying it are they not willing to pay it and really open up that conversation because otherwise if we don't and we just keep hushed and we keep quiet like everything else nothing will change And so the conversation first starts with ourselves, then in conversations like this with each other, and then that just starts rippling out. And before we know it, you know, oh, God willing, (laughs) things change for the better and are more just and equal. Yeah, I mean, it's you're you're absolutely right. It, it you know it, it does start on I guess you know the individual and then you know micro level and then it it stems out there. Um, and uh, you didn't say this, but I guess the the thought that kind of just came up is just like claiming or, or reclaiming power. Um, I guess just to use a, another quick example from um, corporate the corporate side of of our society at least, and 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 kind of looking at the, um, the differences between, um, men and and women or, you know, male versus the, the female, um, there was this, this Ted talk 
or or some sort of speaker. I don't know if it was a TED Talk specifically, but um, she was talking about how going back to those those interviews for like leadership and um, and even I think like using my own example here, like just it, it doesn't have to be from a, a corporate side. I think just like anything in life, maybe like from like the creative side here. Um, but, but using that, that, uh, that, that corporate example specifically, there was some sort of study done where women will apply for a job or a position or in, in, on a broader sense, take a risk or do something only when everything is like a hundred percent aligned, I guess using the, yeah. Right. Like. I guess using the, the the job example, like your resume has everything, you know, you put in the, 10 the experience. Years. <laughs> Say again? You put in the 10 years. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and even then, and even then, there there are still, you know, some women who are who are reluctant yeah. to um but and that and that's a very, you know, you could get into things like the inner critic and, and and confidence and things like that. That's a very just general human experience. But here's the part that was that was interesting <clears throat> is that they then they then looked at, at at male colleagues or male workers and they would apply for those positions or or those those roles like 70% qualified. Or less. <laughs> or less, There's yeah. Really and people that men that we're talking to my girlfriends and they'd be like, Oh, just make something up. Like you, you can obviously do this, just make it up. And so I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like so many men are just out there making up bullshit and like supporting each other through that. Where are the women at? Like we need to really believe in ourselves. You mentioned, yeah. So, so going back to the, the womb circle there and yeah, you mentioned our cycle as, as women or, or as, as, as women who, who have wombs there, um, <clears throat> as far as like truly understanding my body as, as a, as a female, as a, you know, a woman who, who has a, a womb, um, and understanding like, like, I guess the only thing that I took away is like once a month you bleed and, and I don't even think I, I knew what ovulation was until maybe college or anything else. Like, like there was so much inf- misinformation there. Um, but I guess kind of going into the, the physical side and, and how that affects our, our energy and our, our ability to perform, I guess I'm, I'm coming from like kind of the, the fitness and, and athletic perspective there. Like that was, that's, that's even another layer that I think a lot of women don't realize and something that, and I've even seen like kind of dismissed recently, but you mentioned like the four phases of a, of a woman's cycle there. And there are, it's not just, it's not just about having babies, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like there is this, um, this cycle, the, these processes that, that happen in, in, in our womb and in our body, like affects the whole body, even down to our, our connective tissue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like something that I, <laughs> experienced recently and, and, and I, I learned, but also experienced firsthand recently is just like the potential for, for injury because of the way, you know, depending on where a woman is in her cycle, um, you know, that can have an effect on, um, I guess the laxity of ligaments and, and, and tendons and things like that. Um, and so what the point that I'm, I'm driving down to is, or drilling down to is again, we don't acknowledge that at least in the first place, or at least, or at the very least, we don't acknowledge that enough as a society, but also individuals, again, like just thinking about exercise, like, you know, it's just like, just keep going, just keep pushing through it. And it's like, well, and, and I mentioned, you know, I've recently, um, heard podcasts and then seen studies where people just dismiss it. It's like, well, it doesn't really have that much an effect and maybe it doesn't in like the general overall outcome of a woman's ability to perform. And maybe that's the message. But again, if you look on like those micro levels there, like I'll be honest and, and, and I struggle with this mentally because it's that psych psychological, like, Oh, I have to, I have to be doing this. But like, there's a certain, there's certain days 
in my cycle where I am exhausted. I am exhausted and for for no other reason other than just my body is is going through this transition. And so then there's of course that narrative of that guilt of like, oh, you're not really that tired or it's just your period. Just get over it. Just go go work out and it's like I really just want to take a nap. <laughs> like so um yeah, I guess this you know, again, in my opinion, there's just, there's not enough acknowledgement of it. Or if it is acknowledged, there's, there's that little bit of shame around it because again, it's, it's just a period. <laughs> mm, yeah. Periods are totally shamed. Can I go a little bit deeper in onto that process? Is that- yes, please, please. Absolutely. So first of all, I actually eliminated the, the word period from my vocabulary because like, what is that and who created that terminology? Yeah, so I call it bleed because that's what is happening. My body is bleeding, and and to make it more sacred, I actually call it the sacred bleed. Um, and so, a lot of people think that the point of our cycle is to bleed, but it's actually ovulation. And so, this is the whole twenty-eight day hormonal cycle that we are going through. And to have optimal health, you actually want to make sure that you are ovulating. Because if you're not ovulating, something is off. And if that happens for too long, then you might get fibroids or, you know, some other type of dis-ease and disharmony in the body. So when you're doing your workouts, our first day starts on the first day of our bleed. And so this is um, like winter or inner winter. And so this is the time to rest. In winter, everything is normally snow covered. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, it's quiet. There's stillness, nothing is growing. There's seeds underneath the ground, but they're all hibernating. And so if we can take a note from nature, from mother earth herself, take at least one day out of the month, one day while you're bleeding to just do you, like just do you, boo. don't like you have to do anything and this is actually a renaissance like this is a whole ass revolution <laughs> when you take one just one day out of your 28 day or so it's not always 28 days right cycle to honor your body and really recharge yourself and fill up your holy chalice that is your body with rest we need it and so then we go into our follicular cycle for those of you that aren't familiar. And this is a great time to really get your workouts in, start dreaming big. It's time to schedule those interviews that you want because on a biological level, we are actually magnetic. Our pheromones are starting to go and people are physically more attracted to us. We are physically more radiant. Thank you, estrogen. <laughs> and so if you start tracking your cycle, the follicular phase is the best time to have your party, have your social engagements. And then ovulation is actually the pinnacle. And this is like your full moon or your summer, your full blossom. So go on your date if you're single and you're wanting to attract the right person because your pheromones will help navigate biologically. Is this partner a good partner for me or not? And then in our luteal phase, which is about two weeks, that's when uh, progesterone is the key hormone. And that's when we start slowing down. We naturally start thinking more internally. We start reflecting on what happened in the cycle, in the first part of our cycle, in the follicular and ovulation. What was going on? What didn't work? What is working? And what can I shed and get rid of while I start bleeding? And then what can I impregnate myself with? Like if this 6 a.m. workout is truly working for me, then I'll take that into the next cycle. If I tried it three times and I got bummed out at 6 a.m. in the morning and I started my day off that way, probably should just get rid of that program. So there's, there's a lot of tools nowadays for us to empower ourselves and um, start taking back our actual power. So for anyone that's feeling anger and raged about this stuff, that anger and rage comes from a sense of powerlessness. And so if you feel powerless or what is your relationship to the word power, what can you do to get it back? And this is a super beautiful way to reclaim your power of really understanding your cycle, really understanding how your body and your hormones work 
like, why do I feel like shit today? Oh, it's because I've been burning myself out and I've been in my luteal phase and I haven't stopped to slow down. Maybe you just need three days of rest and not talking to people you don't want to talk to. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, truth be told, I, I started tracking my cycle, I don't know, years ago um, for those reasons. Um, although not as I, I didn't take it or I haven't taken it as deep as you have on like the psychological or, or spiritual level there. Um, but I'm, I'm totally inspired to, um, yeah, because, and, and, and it is like such a great, like you mentioned, we have so many tools now, um, you know, to be able to, to help, um, help us like live our lives, like so much more, well and, and optimally. And, you know, as someone, you know, who is tracking their period, not in the interest or, or not for reproductive purposes, but to learn my body and to learn, like, like you mentioned, like, oh, I'm in, you know, I'm feeling really burnt out and I'll go into my period, you know, my bleeding tracker, I'm gonna start <laughs> changing my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I like how you took it a little bit deeper. Um, really quick, going back to what you mentioned, um, you know, the first day of our cycle is is the first day that we bleed, and you, and you mentioned it's 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 like winter there. Um, something that came up, and referencing the, the so maybe I'll have to I'll have to post this. Um, I'll post this in the in the show notes or on, or on my blog. But I found this very clever. I think clever um, way for a woman to manage her nutrition, at least in terms of quantity um, and also exercise. So again, kind of like taking those rest days or, you know, like when can I push myself a little bit more? Um, but the thing that I remember from this, this chart or this, this approach to, to diet and nutrition is during your 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 bleeding phase is this is a good time to take in extra calories in fact i i forget like i don't know if this this statistic is is accurate or not but i feel like i had heard or read at one point like women burn up to like 300 calories more per day when wow. they're bleeding uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And it's, and, and it makes sense. Like anyone who, you know, any woman who, who goes through this experience or has gone through the experience, you can remember, you know, cravings and, and things like that. And I guess my message is, and, and using that example of, of winter too, winter is, you know, things are dormant, but it's also a time where we take in extra calories, like, you know, taking, um, using the, the mother nature example, like you mentioned, like, you know, animals take in extra calories and things like that. And so I'm just bringing this up one, cause I think it's interesting, but two, um, because women are people in general who are afraid to consume. You know, we're always on that productive side, like use that time, use like, you know, and I guess like mentioning cravings, like I think that's another thing that, that people, that women fight when they're experiencing like, Oh, you know, like, you know, um, I'm craving this or, or maybe they give into those cravings. And then again, the narrative in our mind from our ego starts beating us up. Like, oh, I just eat all this ice cream. And it's like, it's okay. Your body is, you know, asking for this. So giving yourself that permission and, and, you know, through understanding, uh, what it's going through. Yeah. Yeah, and understanding what foods can nourish you. Like a lot of times when we're bloated and we're bleeding, like it's it seems counterintuitive of like, no, I'm not gonna drink so much water because I'm so bloated. But you know, the water actually helps the bloating go down. And oh, I'm not gonna eat too much because I don't want to get fat. It's like, no, eat the rice and beans during your period. Eat as much rice and beans as you want. Maybe don't go for cake or have a cake and just don't be shameful about it, you know, or get as much dark chocolate as you want. Make sure it like, hopefully doesn't have milk or processed sugar or whatever your dietary things are and let that be your discipline and, and treat yourself. 
Yeah, I guess that's kind of it at the end of the day, right? Like these are these are natural things. These are normal things or common things. And it's just like, don't ignore it. Don't don't dismiss it. You know? Yeah. Um, Listen to everybody's yeah. cravings. They're there yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Again, yeah. Yeah, they're there for a reason. Everything from like, yeah, the, the extra food to, to the rest of the day you know, or taking time, like it's, yeah, your body needs it. It's asking for these things. Um, I guess on the same topic and, and speaking of that, like going, so speaking of, of reproduction there, um, that's another thing, especially in the, in the world of health and fitness that, uh, is a challenge or that women face, right. Is they get pregnant. And then on a societal level, it's like, pre-pregnancy body, like getting back there. Um, and, and I shared, I, I had this conversation with you, uh, before, but I had a client and I think she had a, a pretty realistic expectation there, but, uh, you know, about like what she wanted to do health wise and, um, and everything else like that. Like she was looking to, to be as healthy as she could for herself, for her baby. She was breastfeeding and things like that. But there was still a little bit of that narrative of, you know, I would like to start, you know, losing the baby weight. Um, and the thing that I said to her is like, like, first of all, like, let's just acknowledge what your body just did and, and created there. So again, I guess kind of going back into the 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 sacred or the spiritual aspect of it all and, you know, just recognizing and honoring that like, you know, like we said in the beginning, like talking about outcomes and expectations, like don't be in such a rush to, to, um, to whatever, get back to that, 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 that pre-body or pre-pregnancy body there. Um, you know, just, just yeah. acknowledge it, acknowledge what, what's, what has happened and appreciate it and honor it. Yeah. It's a, it's a rite of passage. And so with the birth of a baby, there's also the birth of the mother because the maiden archetype or, you know, the, the being that you were pre-baby is never, it's not going through the portal of birth into motherhood. There might be aspects, but women are totally changed when they go through this process. And that's something that we can really start acknowledging and, and tending to and nurturing um, as the birth of a mother. And those 42 days after birth are so important. It, it really primes how the rest of motherhood and um, postpartum or the fourth mm. trimester. Goes. Tell me more about that. Cause that, that is definitely something that I'm, I'm unfamiliar with is, is those 42 days post. And you mentioned the fourth trimester. Um. Yeah. So uh, I would call postpartum the fourth trimester. It's a part of pregnancy and um it completes the whole cycle of becoming a mother so the first 42 days you really need to make sure that you're getting all of the right nutrition to support your body in coming into the new body that it's going to be so that you have the right hormones so that you don't slip into a severe postpartum depression which is so prevalent in our society um, making sure that you have the proper care when I was talking to another woman and she was telling me the story about a Nepalese woman. And so in Nepal, they lived in this giant house. It was like 50 of them, you know, a lot of people in this house, but the process for motherhood was so beautiful. And so the mother wouldn't do anything but breastfeed and sleep that the first 42 days. And all of the younger women or women that didn't have babies did all of the dishes. They did all of the cooking. They did all of the household things that needed to happen so that the mother could just focus on her body, what's going on in the body, focus on baby, focus on this transition and this birthing process. Because, you know, birth isn't an easy, it's a really intense and primal animalistic thing that we have to acknowledge we cannot be capitalistic machines when we're giving birth um and then the elders would tend to the new mother 
And so the, the phase it takes a tribe to raise a child is true, but it's also, it takes a tribe to raise a mother, in my opinion. You can, like, it's really difficult to do it on your own. And my compassion and heart goes out to every single single mom out there that's fucking holding it down because man you guys are super women like you guys are the leaders um through this and um yeah that's just a little perspective shift of how different it is just across the sea and it really connects us back to our deep primal reverence you know like how often do we just really rever in our primal animalistic ways? Because as spiritual as we are, like we are also animals. <laughs> Let's not forget. Um, and it's beautiful how instinctive baby and mom can be given that um, space and trust. Because, you know, in the medical system, there's not always trust trust of the mother like oh you want to be in this position like side note we're not supposed to be birthing horizontally this was for a king to watch his birth and then it just caught like wildfire we're supposed to be squatting down upright and squatting out just like how you poop you know that's how our organs work it's a primal thing and moaning and growing and moving around and spiraling as you're opening yourself up. You're a whole portal when you're giving birth. It's mind-blowing. We're here to break yes. the norm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Break up. Totally. Totally. Well, <laughs> it goes back to what you were saying. Like, you know, it, it starts with, you know, we as individuals having these thoughts and ideas and then having these conversations, you know, one-on-one -on -one and then having these conversations in groups. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it, it spreads. Um, so that's where it starts. Awesome. Well, this has been a really wonderful conversation, um, that I got to have with you today, Nina. Um, really quick, if people want to learn more about you or Theta Healing, or the womb circle and or all of that, but also, and also, um, where can, where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty much on all platforms and you can find me by my name, Nina Born, N-I-N-A-B-O-R-N. -E uh, my website has pretty much everything that you would like. I do have a womb workbook coming out soon. Goal really? at the end of the year. So if you're interested in womb sovereignty and really understanding your body on a holistic level and, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, energetic, this is a great resource for you. So stay in touch. Um, Instagram is I am Nina born. And I would also just love to hear any listeners feedback or you know, things that came up for you. So feel free to either comment on Bridget's socials or on my socials or reach out to either of us personally and would love to see what kind of things came up for you guys. And if you would like support, then I am of service. So uh, thank you so much, Bridget. This was a really beautiful way to spend the morning and I really appreciate your inquisitiveness and your openness and um your willingness to get uncomfortable and edgy it's so important so thank, you, <laughs> thank, you, thank you oh thank you thank you for for bringing um yeah everything all your knowledge and and perspectives there and uh this has been really um really awesome it's it's always a lot of um I always get a lot of enjoyment and uh fulfillment um you know listening to you speak and and, and speaking with you so so thank you for being on here thank you. <laughs> the feelings mutual <laughs> All right, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much again for listening and be sure to head over to aspiretocoaching.com backslash podcast to check out the show notes for today's episode. There you'll find some of the links we've mentioned on today's podcast, as well as some of the previous episodes we've done. And while you're there, please make sure you sign up for show updates. 
I am always updating the show and bringing in bonus content. So you do not want to miss out on any of that. One last thing. If you loved this episode and you think a friend would really enjoy it as well, grab the link and share it out for me, please. It truly does help spread the word of this podcast and the topics that we discussed on our episodes. And at the end of the day, my goal is to empower as many people on their performance journey as possible. Thank you all so much again, and we'll see you next time.